0: From the nostalgic sounds of the theatre organ to the latest digital home keyboards, it's right here on Community Keyboards with Ian Wilson.
1: Welcome to this edition of Community Keyboards, on air and online. As ever, over the next hour, I'll have music from the King of Instruments in all its guises, with everything from classical and theatre organ pipes to digital electronic organs, keyboards and beyond. And we'll be returning to some recordings I made at the recent Lancastrian Theatre Organ Trust and Theatre Organ Club of Great Britain's joint anniversary weekend. In particular, the first sounds of the beautifully restored ex-Davenport Theatre Compton organ and its first lady at the console, Joyce Aldred. And I'll be joined a little later by John Leeming, who will be reminding everyone, amongst other things, of the wide choice of our kind of music, and how to find it. Well, let's start with something very close to home first. My fellow Oldham community radio presenter, Les Bennett, very kindly loaned me a pristine copy of Images, the 1967 album, on the Phillips International label from that much-missed organ star, Alan Haven. In January next, it will be two years since Alan left us, and in the first edition of 2019, I'll be replaying the last ever interview that Alan gave when I visited him in his home in Bradbury. For now, let's remind ourselves of the original sound of the title track, incidentally pronounced Image, and that familiar backdrop to the 1960s. Alan Haven on the organ from 1965 and thanks again to Les Bennett from our wireless program for that pristine LP sound. There'll be another track completely different from Les a little bit later. So, as promised, let's head now over to the Peel Green Heritage Centre in Eccles, which is exactly what 71 enthusiasts did in July last to hear organists Len Rawl and Joyce Aldred perform as part of the 80th and 50th anniversary celebrations of the TOC and LTOT, respectively. Well, here's Joyce, first of all, at the four manual, 20 rank Wurlitzer, which at the time of this recording of her old composition Tart with a Cart was installed in Manchester's Free Trade Hall. Start with a Cart, a composition by my guest, the wonderful theatre organ legend that is Joyce Aldred. Joyce, welcome back after a few years to the programme. It's been a little while now, hasn't it? It has, yes. Thank you very much for the And, and, and it's a welcome reunion, isn't it, for you and the, the ex-Davenport well, Compton? It is,
2: yet, although it's a different animal altogether now because the sound is different and the layout is different. It's grown quite a bit in the last... You know, from 35 years ago. A
1: few things have been added to it, haven't they, yes. in this installation? And it, is,
2: it is work in progress. There are things which are not yet functioning. No. So I was given a lecture on those and had to try and remember what they were. You
1: were given strict instructions. <laughs> well, this were you? morning I
2: was told what didn't work and what have you. So I thought, well, oh, it's no good doing that then, you know. <laughs> so it was a bit experimental, really. Cause I was trying to remember what I was told didn't work.
1: I mean, look, you've been doing this for. A professional theatre. So how many years now?
2: Six, six, Sixty-one years.
1: And you you you, you saved the bombshell really till the your your last words because as you've said this is is this your near swan song? Yes,
2: I will play on the twenty-sixth of uh, September and then I can say cheerio to all my friends at Peel Green. That must
1: that must be
2: heart-wrenching for you. It is, really, but I, I believe in being practical, and I would hate the performances to deteriorate and have people saying, oh, she should have retired years ago. So I thought that today I'd go out on a high. Well, you certainly
1: did that at the, at the Peel Green Heritage Centre. I mean, there are people... I don't think there's a dry eye in the house <laughs> at the end, but, I mean, to be able to have experience so many different concerts and comments from people you must be truly fulfilled
2: I've had a wonderful life as, as I was saying I've I've, um, I've travelled a lot uh, I've played many different organs from the 569 at DeCarol down to the 6th rank in, in Heritage Centre and all all stations in between. Talk about
1: extremes, as you say, all points in that's between. That's right, you know, yes.
2: Yeah. And I've enjoyed it very much. And I, I've met a lot of people, I've learnt a lot. And I've made a lot of friends. And that's very fulfilling.
1: And you're not going to hang your boots up just yet, as we might say, because you're still going to be doing some teaching, as you've said. Well, oh, yeah,
2: you? carry on teaching and also composing.
1: I mean, that, that's one thing I wanted to, to ask you. If you look at this wonderful internet, this YouTube and all yes. this, your, your compositions are being played all over the world by yeah. so many different players. Yeah. I mean, that must make you incredibly proud,
3: Joyce.
2: Yes, I am proud. And I was very fortunate about six years ago uh, to be put in contact with a Finnish church organist oh, really? in Turku and he very kindly encouraged me at a time when I was at a very big low and my health was very bad and he encouraged me to write and he edited the music and then recorded it on the church organ which he helped to design and believe it or not, it's got a glock on it's got chimes, it's got a big drum and also, and it's got good trends you can get a good theatre sound out of it so he showcases all my compositions on YouTube and, oh. and I'm very grateful
1: to him So you're now a, truly a global internet megastar
2: Well I wouldn't say that <laughs> I spend my wings a bit
1: <laughs> Joyce, I know you want your cup of tea and there's a lot of things to do many, many thanks for that and, and can I just say on behalf of everybody here thank you for your music over that truly long period of time you... Uh, You'll be missed on the professional circuit, but uh, I somehow think that the name of Joyce Aldred will continue for many years to come yet.
2: I hope so. I hope hope people don't think I'm going to die off immediately.
1: (laughs) Bless you. Take care, my love.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Davenport March, played by Joyce Aldred, and the first time the ex Davenport Stockport Compton has been heard in public in its new home. Well, let me just remind you of that final concert diary date uh, that Joyce mentioned. Wednesday, the 26th of September at 1 pm, to hear Joyce at the organ at the Peel Green Heritage Centre, and the address is Alexandra Road, Eccles, M37HK. And we wish Joyce a long and happy semi retirement thereafter. Well, to take us up to the break, here's another of Joyce's compositions, The Hope Jones March, which was written for the opening of the LTOT Peel Green Centre, but this time played by Cheryl Sapala at the four manual 24 rank Wurlitzer in the Trinity Church facility, Spring Valley, California. <laughs>
0: The nostalgic sounds of the theatre organ to the latest digital home keyboards. It's right here on Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstonehome.
1: by Chris Rendall on multi-keyboards and welcome back to Community Keyboards here on Oldham Community Radio 99.7 FM My next guest is John Leeming broadcaster, advocate, ambassador and promoter of the theatre organ whom I was fortunate to meet in Stockport a few weeks ago I asked John how and where his great interest started.
0: Well, I suppose my interest started when I was a small boy and I first learnt to switch the radio on and tune to different stations. (laughs) And one of the things that struck me was this sound that came from a man called Sandy McPherson. And that name appealed to me as well, uh... And it was the BBC theatre organ. And I used to say to my parents, what's a theatre organ? Well, they didn't know much about it. Oh, it's some sort of electric organ. We don't like those very much. Anyway, and I began to know one one or two of the names that were familiar, like Sandy and Reginald Dixon and those who broadcast frequently. And then a little later, I discovered that there was an organ of that type in my local cinema. I went to Saturday Morning Pictures, and this thing came up, and there was a man playing music, and that was Arthur Lord at the ABC Ritz Woking. And I thought that was wonderful to actually be able to hear one, and it was a particularly good Compton organ. Uh, one of the Ramsey specials and uh, mm. I didn't know that at the time of course but you could you could feel the bass throbbing through the floor and it had a melatonin which was this weird sound and I mm-hmm. couldn't tell where it was coming from I still didn't realise it was a pipe organ because everyone said oh these electric organs you know and I thought well they must be very good speakers and I could see these grills and mm-hmm. I thought well, there must be huge speakers behind to get this sort of quality and it Believe it or not, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I knew they were pipe organs. When my interest redeveloped, it had sort of faded away as the organs in cinemas had, one by one, not been used regularly. And because of my studies, I didn't listen to daytime radio at all, so I didn't hear the broadcast very often. Then when Robin Richmond started the Organist Entertains programme in 1969, it revived my interest and I began to discover there were theatre organs still around. I took the opportunity to go to events when I discovered that they were happening and got more and more involved. And uh, a chance encounter with a man who was involved in organ maintenance led me to get involved in a restoration project at the... Cinema in Walthamstow mm-hmm. in northeast London, the Granada, which has a 12 rank Christie organ and had fallen into disuse. Yeah. This was in the mid 1970s. So I joined the small team of people involved there, and that's the reason I live in Walthamstow now. I moved there simply because there was an estate agent opposite the cinema. I was looking for a new house at the time, and it all came together. Mm-hmm. After we got that working, um, we started to hold concerts there under the banner of the Theatre Organ Club, and those events continued, and then uh, the Cinema Organ Society also took an interest in the venue. I had become more involved with them because of other events that had taken place, and uh, there came a time when we took over promotion of concerts there, and Ever since then, I've done everything I could to try to develop my own knowledge and interest of the theatre organ and, of course, to help others to do the same. And through the Cinema Organ Society, uh, encourage new players, uh, encourage those who look after the instruments, those who want to constantly increase standards. And my fellow members of the society, my fellow officers... All have the same sort of outlook and philosophy, so we're aiming for high standards of presentation, production, music, technical facilities, and so on.
1: We talk about, and you've just alluded to it there, John, uh, the, the fact that we want to desperately encourage uh, young people into uh, our particular musical genre interest, uh, and that that seems to be a, a forever uphill battle, doesn't it? I mean. I've never yet spoken, certainly on this series of the programme, to anybody who can really answer the question, and I wonder if you can. uh, How do we achieve impetus and, and building on it, and, well, more
0: importantly, getting new people to come and listen to these wonderful instruments and sounds? Well, one of the things that is done by the American Theatre Organ Society's London chapter, and they've been doing this for many years now, is to promote an annual event where youngsters can... Compete as theatre organ performers and the finals are held in front of an audience. And I suppose this has been going on now for getting on for 40 years and as a result of that quite a lot of very highly talented young people have found their way into the theatre organ world. It's not as easy as it used to be because the theatre organ is not exposed to young people as much as it used to be. The chances of a a youngster in their teens coming across one by chance is very, very low. There's virtually nothing on the radio. Very, very few, if any, cinemas now use them at all regularly unless they happen to go to a show at the Odeon Leicester Square on a special occasion. The radio programme The Organist Entertains no longer takes place... There is the internet, which has, I know, inspired a number of people. They've discovered think, something they, they didn't know about. There are people who perhaps live where there's a local society and they've seen an advertisement and they've taken an interest, curiosity, because they perhaps are musically inclined anyway. So there has been a steady stream of talented youngsters throughout that period. The thing that concerns me most is not whether we shall find new people to fill those roles as they... Get older, but whether people will want to come and listen, and if no one comes to listen, they won't want to play because there's there's no future. It, it's not a career anymore unless no. you're very lucky. If you happen to get a job at Tower Ballroom in Blackpool, fine. But how many people are going to be able to do that? So the youngsters are there. We've had quite a number over the last few years who have become internationally renowned. Mm. I'm thinking, obviously, of people like Simon Gledhill, Richard Hills, David Gray, and uh, uh, some other youngsters coming on the way. Michael Waldrich, of course, himself, who is a promoter of the Young Theatre Organist of the Year competition. He himself was a young organist winner in his day. Yes, he did. And a similar contest now works in the USA. They picked up the idea from Britain, and they produced some outstanding organists through that scheme as well. So that doesn't worry me. Not very much, anyway. It's, it's the, the listeners, the audience, the, the money coming in to maintain organs, to promote events, and that's where we've really got to get the message across.
1: That does bring us round to
0: the organist encores so how did that come about well damon cox started this idea where with his friend james mclean uh, down in gosport where they both live which is on the south coast and uh, damon at university studied media and presentation broadcasting film uh, that sort of thing in general so he had a, a knowledge and awareness and His knowledge of the theatre organ developed through happening to hear recordings. If I remember rightly, Ernest Broadbent was someone who appealed to him the instant he heard a recording, just by chance on one occasion. Mm -hmm. So he decided, along with James, that they'd start this programme on the internet Mm -hmm. because he was fully experienced and knew how to set something up like that. And this was two or three years ago now. And Damon moved away from the Gosport area, to London because his work took him there and he continued with the work. James couldn't contribute quite so often. And he got to know those of us running the Cinema Organ Society in the London area. And through his interest in making recordings on some of the organs in our area, he said to me, maybe you could do a couple of programmes for me because I'm going to be busy for the next fortnight moving house. Mm. And he knew I'd done some work in the distant past for Nigel Ogden on the Organist Entertains. So I said, yes, I did a couple of programmes and uh, he seemed reasonably satisfied. So now I contribute once a month and he does the others at the moment. But I know he's got other people in mind to contribute. I won't say now at the moment, (laughs) who, because it hasn't been officially officially announced. But (laughs) I know there are some interesting people coming along to contribute (laughs) to that programme so in a sense being a half hour programme with a a format not unlike The Organist entertains, it's continuing in the same fashion and it will also include quite a lot of of new material, not just recordings from CDs and LPs but (laughs) specially recorded Mm. stuff Mm. and archive material from people's tapes and and so on so it it promises to be a very good series of programmes for as long as he is in a position to continue uh, creating and producing them there will be electronic music as well. Electronic organs do feature in the programme from time to time. It's not going to exclude them at all. The The main criterion we use is, is it good? Is it worth listening to? And if the answer is yes, it doesn't matter whether it's pipes or electronics or whether it's pipes accompanying piano or, or orchestra with a pipe organ. As long as it's got some involvement with organ and the music is there, that's the important thing. All you have to do is to go into... The, the internet and type the organist encores anything like that you'll find it
1: It's a constant worry to me John finally that the the, the medium we've been talking about particularly internet, radio can be a little bit off putting to perhaps the people of the age range who currently support theatre and for that matter electronic organ concerts and events sometimes I've talked to several people this weekend alone where they've been maybe a little bit reticent to use a computer to, to access all this extra material online. I mean, what, what would you say to those people to try to encourage them to take the leap of faith, if you like?
0: Yes, well, we, we know from the membership of our society, the Cinema Organ Society, that uh, a great many, probably the majority of people, have computers of some sort, and they might use them for email or, or perhaps booking mm-hmm. a holiday, but they don't take it beyond there. But it's very simple if you've, if you've got a search facility like google or internet explorer you just type the word that you're interested in you need obviously sound in order to be able to hear these programs and not everyone has speakers plugged into their computer but even a simple pair of headphones or earphones will do you don't have to have elaborate loudspeakers plug your earphones into the headphone socket on the computer the music will come
1: And during my conversation with John Leeming, you heard interspersed there Dudley Savage at the Granada Waltham store, I Love You and Don't You Forget It, Simon Gledhill at the dickinson Kimball organ with Melody on the Move, and Mark Laughlin with Happy Days Are Here Again, the signature tune of The Organist on Encores. Well, I hope you can stay with me for some more keyboard and organ sounds after the break.
0: This is Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm. On air at 99.7 FM and online at oldhamcommunityradio.com, this is Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm.
1: Isn't that amazing? Whistle Train played by Isaiah Tomita on Moog synthesizers from 1984, and the favourite of my Oldham Community Radio colleague Les Bennett, who gave a copy of Tomita's Different Dimensions album to me. More from that in the course of the series, I've no doubt. Well, from Whistle Train to the Honky Tonk Train, played by my next guest, Len Roll, on the three-manual ten-rank Wurlitzer, formerly in the Oldham Gormont cinema up to 1961, and probably one of the most travelled of instruments, having been in four subsequent homes thereafter. Well, when Les made this CD, the organ was installed in the Ritz Ballroom in Brighouse. Delighted to welcome back Len Roll, MBE. I think that's um, that, that, was, that was the new addition since the last time we uh, <laughs> we had a, a quick tete a tete, Len.
4: Uh, Brother, it, it's, yes, it's a, a great honour and a pleasure, and uh, it's something I think the whole organ fraternity can enjoy. You know, it's nice to have a little recognition for spreading music. Different honours for different uh, contributions. Contributions. That's a good word. We've the same word. At the same time. (laughs) Yes. um, uh, Phil Kelsall and I both share the MBEs, and then there are others with other recognitions. Um, The most recent one has has been organised for the St Albans Museum, where they've been recognised for their services to the community. So there are, interestingly coming out of the palace you know some worthwhile awards which give encouragement yes. and as i've said many times a pat on the back exactly
1: that's uh, been your is... theme hasn't it this particularly well, for this event
4: i borrowed it from the queen i mean oh, really? the, the, the queen yeah she she actually says it's you know congratulations it's a, it's a worthy pat on the back for for all you do and I, th- I thought that was a nice gentle way of putting it rather than trying to make out that it's some grand, grand gesture. It's, it's, so it's nice that uh, people have thought that whatever you do in, in your particular line is worthy of a little recognition. You know.
1: Your contribution to the organ world per se, Len, whether it be electronic or, or theatre organ, uh, has been... Uh, wide and varied. I, we were we were talking recently over lunch, weren't we, about your time with the Yamaha mm-hmm. Corporation. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you? Do you look back at those days with with, with happy and fond memories, or, or do you wish you were doing it all again nowadays? What would what would the differences be? Would you say?
4: Well, if you could do it all again, it would be wonderful. But sadly, you'll never be able to do it again because the technology and the support of the technology has moved away from organs, which was my particular love and dedication. Um, uh, Single keyboards came along uh, with all the wizardry that you can uh, put into them these days when one finger can do amazing things. But it's... they have a purpose for the initial teaching I think of a keyboard instrument but um, sadly uh, they've killed off the organ as uh, an instrument to be studied and you know have a lifelong joy out of playing and developing your technique so Mm. I'm afraid it is the thing we saw it years ago when it first arrived from Casio Mm. and then Yamaha followed as did other manufacturers and they're easy to produce they're They make a very easy profit for the manufacturer. They're easy to ship because they're small, whereas the organs, you know, they're relatively heavy and they have big cardboard boxes around them and profit came into it.
1: Yeah, and yet interestingly, and I think this is still the case even now in 2018, over in japan yamaha notably are still producing sure. you sure. know two manual, two manual pedalboard organs, organs yeah. for a market which which clearly must yeah. exist
4: they, the young people over there are educated to a higher standard musically and they latch on to the technicalities of playing two hands and two feet and they uh, accept the demands that it makes by way of study and they're dedicated yes. to serious study rather more than uh, children these days are encouraged in school in the arts I mean and th- that's another area well I was People particularly change. hurt by the fact that you know we uh, brought the Yamaha Music School to the United Kingdom I took to that like a duck to water and uh, uh, with cooperation from some fine Japanese musicians and uh, education, uh, educationalists, uh, we developed a programme whereby we taught teachers and kept an eye on teachers and encouraged them in themselves to be better all the time. And um, we were up to 12,000 students every week going through the schools. And then, as I say, suddenly they pulled the plug on the whole idea. Um, which is very sad, because amongst those 12,000, we had 3,000-odd 3, 3, who were, you know, very young children, and the future would have been bright for them had they only had the opportunity to carry on, but sadly, that's all... Mm. Sort of faded away now. Yeah, so uh, short
1: sighted, I but guess. It's a,
4: it's a commercial decision, and you know, commerce can't support everything.
1: Well, no, and uh, you're sensible, as am I, yeah. with a business head on, we yeah. have to look at these things yeah. in, in many different ways, yeah. don't we? I, I heard the bell, I don't know whether that's seconds out round two, but uh, in, in terms of what Len is doing moving forward as we move onwards and upwards through the years, what. Uh,
4: Well, I'm still playing, and uh, I seem to be out most weekends playing pipe organ somewhere or other. Um, I'll be slowing down on taking the Yamaha around with the demise of the organ societies. Um, And at my age, you know, it becomes harder work late at night to uh, move the organ in and out of the house, in and out of the uh, concert hall, and then back again home. (laughs) Um, However, um, playing is still my love. I do it every day, I practice every day, and um, I enjoy it. Um, I also look after four separate Wurlitzers and tune them on a very regular basis. Um, we promote our concerts down at the Woking Leisure Centre. We have concerts every month. I, I do a little bit of coaching um, and then I thoroughly enjoy travelling with my camper van and I thoroughly enjoy the very busy life of being a grandfather of half a dozen <laughs> grandchildren, which uh, keeps me young. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and they they are they have some musical interest as well, so that's lovely. Sup- I'm very busy, boy.
1: Super to catch <laughs> up with you, Len. Uh, I know we've got to carry on with this busy, busy wall-to-wall activity of a, yeah. of a
4: well, weekend. Well, we're enjoying it. it's but a great it's gathering, a, and it? it's lovely to see people enjoying traditional music making, live music making. Let's keep music, music live.
1: live, Len. Thank you very much indeed. some finger-busting playing there by Len Roll at the Yamaha FX20 from a few years ago. And that's just about everything we have for this edition, looking back at the recent Lancastrian Theatre Organ Trust and Theatre Organ Club's weekend celebrations. I'll be back next month with two brand new editions of Community Keyboards, and as ever, if you want to listen again to the programme, you can do so at your convenience via the oldham player or via the programme website at communitykeyboards.com, where there's a wealth of information and links to items of interest in the organ and keyboard world. If you'd like to get in touch, do drop me an email to keyboards at gmail.com, or via Royal Mail to P.O. Box 997 Oldham OL19EB. For now, this is Ian Wolstenholme saying thanks very much for listening, take care, all the best, and bye-bye.
0: Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm.